uh, what I want to do is, is talk about um, like the, the, the need to celebrate Easter or Resurrection Sunday. And I think for the past, it's kind of weird because I went back through some of my notes, and for the past few years, I've used this same quote. Um, so you might think that it's, 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 it's familiar. It is, and it's not my own. It's from C.S. Lewis. But the need in which we have to celebrate a day like today is we have to be continually reminded of what we believe. Neither this belief nor any other will automatically remain alive in the mind. It must be fed. And that's what I want to do today, is I want to feed this belief, understanding that the belief in which we're talking about is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what I want us to do is look at some, some practical um, elements of this day. Now, when I'm saying this day, I'm going to say this day as an Easter, um, and we're going to see the difference between Easter and Resurrection Sunday today. Um, because some of you uh, in here would say, well, Easter is Resurrection Sunday, and you know, what's the big deal? Well, I'm not going to split hairs, but I'm going to give you clear, definitive facts. All right, we good with that? Miss Stephanie got her shades on. She's ready to roll. <laughs> hey, when, when you get to a certain age, you get to do things that other people don't get to do. So um, oh, she didn't hear me anyways. Don't worry about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> All right, so what, what, I want, what I want to do is... Um, it definitely wasn't Stephanie that gave me this money. Uh, <laughs> what I want to do is I want to talk about, like, should we even celebrate Easter? You know, that was a question that was posed to me. Like, should we even celebrate Easter? Because Easter is really a pagan holiday. Well, okay, so in preparation for this, I pulled a whole bunch of stuff together. And I put some, 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 some facts down. We'll look at this. And this is all about the, the being fed part. Because when we are, are fed, we need to know what not to eat, right? If you're hungry, you're not going to go outside and just start picking up grass. And mm, this is good, right? You're, you're probably, you're all, I'm talking about food. You're already thinking about the ham that's in the, in the, the, the uh, oven right now. Spiral cut. Spiral cut or just regular smoke? Regular. See, it's all good, right? It's food, right? <laughs> I, I get you. But this, this in which I want to give you now is, is, is some food for thought, so it helps in the feeding process, but it, it's not necessarily the, the feeding in which I want you to do. I want you to use this to help, help with the, 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 the truth in which we're going to talk about in, in a few minutes. So there is a lot of confusion regarding what Easter Sunday is all about. Because what has happened is for um, a, a lot of years now, we have the Easter bunny and we have Easter eggs. And, uh, you know, the kids get up in the morning and they find their, their, their baskets and they, they, they get presents and, and you know, they, they go on Easter egg hunts. Uh, which, as, as a disclosure, before you even form any opinion on anything I'm saying right now, our kids are downstairs having an Easter egg hunt. Okay? <laughs> So don't be don't don't start. Oh, he's gonna go all you know legal you know legalist. I'm, no, just just hear me out on all of this. But it, there's a lot of confusion of what goes on, and, and the confusion is like, is it about the Easter bunny and it about the eggs? Or wait a second, how does? And this was one of my questions for for years, and a question that was posed to me: How does Jesus, the empty tomb, the Easter bunny, and Easter eggs all go together? So some, some of you are in here going like, I'm not going to make it obvious, but I've been thinking that for years. 
Yeah, I mean, but in its, and, and, and I think that the people, what we have to understand is, remember last week we said we were talking about real people and we want to give real life and that's where we want to be? We've got to ask real questions and we need real answers for that. So biblically speaking, all right, this is not just Lee saying this, this is what the Bible says, there is no connection between the Easter bunny, Easter eggs, and Jesus and the empty tomb. Okay, there's, there's no connection, biblically speaking. Well, then how come this is all like, you know, why do we do this? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I have it right here. What occurred is in the, with the intention, and, and again, no judging on this, because you guys do a lot of crazy things as well, um, but in the intention uh, of the ancient Catholic Church to be more appealing to non-Christians, what, what happened was that, that they took this pagan holiday, dressed it up just a little bit, and kind of made it, because it happened during the, 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 the spring equinox, the same time of year and everything uh, as the resurrection, and they kind of pushed them together, and they had you know, the, 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 the Easter egg hunts, and the, made it a little bit more attractive to non-Christians to come to celebrate. Well, we can celebrate like this holiday, but we're attaching Jesus to it. That's actually how the bunnies and the eggs and the every, everything got attached to um, Resurrection Sunday. That, that's the, the origins of it. Now, when you, when you think about this, well, what, what, what do you mean? Okay, so why the bunny? Why the eggs? Anybody have that question? Why the bunny? Why the eggs? Anybody? Just a couple. All right, fine. I'll talk to you then. Um, so the, why the bunny, why the eggs? Well, it, it's thought that this pagan uh, holiday, um, the, the, this pagan uh, um, celebration was around this goddess, uh, that were, and, and her name was um, Eastry. E-A-S-T-R-E. Eastry, okay? And this goddess Eastry was the goddess uh, of, fruit, uh, of fertility. So this goddess of fertility is what, is what the early Saxons in, the, in Northern Europe used to, um, they used to celebrate, they used to worship the, the, this, this goddess. And um, the, one of the, the, the main symbols for this goddess was the bunny rabbit. All right? And... I don't know if I have to go into a biology lesson with you, but bunnies are very fertile. They reproduce a lot. It was so funny. We were, we were driving down the road. Uh, we were driving down Bank Street the other day, and it was kind of dark outside, and our lights were pointed out into the, the, the lawn that was across the street, right across the street from, uh, from, uh, from Derek's house there, and there was a rabbit there. Well, a car went by, and then there was three rabbits there. And I said, dang, that's fast. I mean, I, didn't, couldn't, even, I couldn't get my head around it. But they, 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 they're known for their fertility, right? So understanding that, that um, this, this goddess, the, the, uh, the symbol, the figure for this, uh, this goddess was a rabbit. And then obviously the fertility, the eggs. The, the eggs is where it was also part of, of the, the, the goddess and her fertility and what she supposedly blessed. All right? So when, when we look at that, we, we can start to, to, to see some connections, right? Some of you are like, dang, I didn't know I was going to get a history lesson today. Well, you're welcome. I, this, this is only 70 cents, by the way. 
I, that was way more than 70 cents. So, um, it's, <laughs> thanks, Bobby. Um, but understanding that, that you, I, I can see you're already starting to make the, the, the connection. So, in your mind, you can already see that there is a distinction between the Easter holiday and Resurrection Sunday. So, I, what I don't want is, as we go on from here, is I don't want you to be that person, that man, that woman, that girl, that boy, whatever, that says, well, I can't say Happy Easter now. No, 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 no. Here's the deal. We know that there is a distinction between, between the, the, those two, like we, just, well, like we just went over. But the question here is, should Christians participate in activities that refer to the Easter Bunny? Remember what I said, our kids are downstairs right now finding those eggs. <gasps> right. We got to go. We got to get, get those kids. These are pagans here. No, he, hear me out. If we are going to celebrate a day like today, are, are we going, and we use things like the Easter Bunny, things like Easter eggs, those are just symbols of, of, of the day. They don't mean anything. And when I say that, you're, you're probably sitting there like, well, yeah, my kid really, really puts a lot of trust, a lot of faith in the Easter Bunny. Well, you need to have a talk, talk with your child. Same kind of talk you have to have with, 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 about Santa Claus, right? They're symbols for the day. So what we, well, the question here is, should Christians participate in, in Christian activities? There's nothing essentially evil about the activities, the modern-day activities, and I'll, I'll stress that, the modern-day activities in which we uh, participate in, in which we have, even with inside of what we're doing, like downstairs and everything. What, Marty? Broke his heart. I know. <laughs> Easter Bunny's not real, Dad. Just, it's all right. You look like him, though. Um, but there is nothing essentially evil about the modern-day activities in which we partake in. You know, it, it, now, if, if your child comes up from the Easter egg hunt and they say something to you like, hey, look at all these eggs I got, Dad. Well, let's use Bobby. Dad, look at all these eggs I got. You know what they represent? They represent fertility from the goddess Easter egg. <laughs> If that happens, <laughs> right now, if that happens, I mean, that would be a little bit, uh, that, there would be something wrong because then that would mean that we're promoting that thought. Here's what we are promoting. We want the kids to have fun and we want to sugar them up so when you take them home and you take them to your in-laws or wherever, they are bouncing off the walls and you got to spank them. <laughs> or not, I mean, or put them in timeout, right? That's what they do now. Some of you are like, ooh. That hurt. Okay, whatever. But here's, here's the point. The point being, can we celebrate Easter and can we tell people happy Easter? Absolutely. Because without a doubt, the majority of people that you will encounter, that I will encounter, when you say happy Easter, they have already associated Easter with the resurrection of Jesus. But there will be some people who will say, yeah, but that's a pagan holiday. But guess what? You're equipped now to have that conversation with them. And what we have to understand is that should we celebrate Easter? By all means, let's celebrate Easter because this is a day in which we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'll throw another tidbit in here for you. This is going to blow somebody's mind. Um, when we celebrate Christmas, we, we sell, why do we celebrate Christmas? 
the birth of Christ, right? Do you know that he actually was not born on December 25th? <gasps> right? But that's the day in which we celebrate him, right? So I understand Easter much the same. We do it on the first day of the week. Why do we do it on the first day of the week? As Chuckles read for us, and as we're going to see here in a second, it was on the first day of the week when Jesus rose from the dead. The tomb is, is empty. So when you're kind of wrestling with this thought, like, should I celebrate, should I not? Celebrate Easter knowing that He is the reason. That the reason we're celebrating is because the tomb is empty. And that, it's not because of the goddess of fertility and the bunny and the eggs. And No, have fun. I mean, get a bunny costume and let your kids use a, a baseball bat on you. Like, intruder, intruder, whatever. I don't know. If you hit a bunny hard enough, eggs will come out. I mean, I don't know. I, where else do the, the, the Easter eggs come from? I love the Cadbury egg. Remember the Cadbury egg commercial? Uh, the, the lion's the, 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 my favorite. <laughs> uh, all right. So, I mean... Today, I mean, and, and don't, don't raise your hands, but, but how, how about this? Like, you know more right now about the origins of Easter than when you, maybe not all of you, some of you are way smarter than I am, I get that. So, but, but, but others of us are really dumb and we're like, wow, I can read, and, okay. But you know way more about the origins of Easter now than when you, than when you walked in earlier. So remember, remember that, that feeding part? That, that being fed, that, that's part of being fed. I, I believe that all truth is God's truth. Whether, if it, whether it's math, I, I don't understand it, or science, okay? I still really don't understand a whole lot, but it's still all God's truth. And, and we should not, as believers in Jesus Christ, be fearful of math or science or biology. Well, I guess that's part of a science, right? Or any other of those things, right? We don't need to be uh, fearful. What we have to do is we have to understand that the crux, meaning the, the pinnacle, that in which our faith is dependent upon, is one thing and one thing only. Anybody? Okay. The empty tomb. The empty tomb. Paul says it in that, the, the passage that... that uh, um, Kurt read, and then he alluded to a little bit further on. In, that, in 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about that if there was not an empty tomb, if the tomb was not empty, then what we have is nothing. Our faith is in vain. What does that mean it's in vain? It means we have nothing to base it upon. If the tomb was not empty, if the tomb is not empty, then we, all, well, all we have is, 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 is a bunch of lies. He actually says that, that we could be opposing God. Paul says, if the tomb is not empty, if Christ did not raise from the dead, you could be in opposition against God. I mean, even a pagan is like, I don't want to be opposing a God. You know, I mean, that's not a fun place to be in. But what we have is we have an understanding and we have evidence that the tomb is empty. That's one of the most beautiful things. And the, the reason I say it's one of the most beautiful things, that if during the time in which Jesus was crucified and he was buried, and then when he, he rose, and that, that, that time that, that, that after that, that it says that he appeared to more than 500 people. 
I mean, that's, that's what it says. Go there to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look with me. First Corinthians 15, right after it says that uh, in verse 4 that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. It says, and he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and the twelve, meaning the group, the, 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 this group of disciples, the twelve disciples. We know that, and, and some of you are like, well, wait a second, Judas was already dead. Yes, but this is a, a reference to, uh, it's kind of like the team. He, he, he appeared to the team here, he was called the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. What, what is so important about that? Why, why is that so? Why, why do I like, get geeked up about things like that? Well, for the fact that if Jesus just merely faked his own death, or if Jesus, was, his body was stolen out of the tomb... Or if, and if you read it, and we'll see in a second, maybe, if we get there, if he just faked his own death and he had this, what they call the swoon theory, that he kind of acted like he was dead on the cross, and then they put him inside the tomb, and because it was cool, it kind of revived him, and then he, was, then he kind of slipped out back door. Here's a problem with all of this, is you have, you have his disciples that... When he, was, when he was captured, or when he was taken away, that they fled. They ran like little girls from a beehive, or me from a snake, okay? They, they ran in fear. They dispersed. Peter denied him three times. We have the, 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 these disciples that, that, that they are just cowards in the face of adversity. But every single one of those cowards ended up dying a martyr's death because of the tomb being empty. If, the tomb, if they just stole the body out of there, would they go to death for a lie? No. I love the theory, though, that he did, that Jesus just kind of swooned because he acted like he was dead. Because there's an account... In, in Luke chapter 24, right after the, the passage in which uh, Chuck just read to us, about this time there was a seven-mile jaunt. It, it, there's very few of you in here that walked seven miles at one time today. There was a seven-mile jaunt that Jesus took with a couple of his disciples. And if he just faked his death, and, the, the, and, and was you know as the Bible says, he was beat beyond recognition... It says that there was a spear that was jabbed into his side. Mind you, he was hanging naked on a tree with, with spikes in his hands and his feet. And then three days later, he all of a sudden is able to walk seven miles. I stub my toe when I can't walk seven feet, right? Understand, it, just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense also that if, well, if the tomb really wasn't empty, because that's another thing, well, maybe they just went to the wrong tomb. Okay, let's, let's think about this. The world was turned upside down because this tomb was empty. If they just went to the wrong tomb, why didn't the people that were opposing the Christians, Jesus and his followers, why didn't they just go to the right tomb and say, hey, dummies, right here he is? Because there was no other tomb. The tomb was empty. The resurrection did happen. 
Now, I, I say all of that, and I paint this, this big picture for you because I want to ask you one question, and it's really the, the, big, the big focus for uh, our next couple minutes together. This one question. Don't say this out loud. Just think about this for one second. How does the death of a man 2,000 years ago have any effect on my life today? Because that's a legitimate question that I've encountered with people. I've encountered that even with Christians. They're like, yeah, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that He died and He raised again. And you know, I believe that, but I don't really think it has any effect on my life. How is it affecting my life today? Because we're caught in a society that if we can't feel it and we, if we can't experience it now, then it must not be real. It's what, what do they call that? Relativism, right? Or do they call that um, existentialism? That's a big 70 cent word, right? There's 70 cents. That's my 70 cent word, existentialism, that I got to experience the, 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 those things to, for it to be true. But what we have to do is we have to look at this. And, and I'm not going to stand here this morning in the next couple minutes um, because I do plan on getting you out of here early. But I don't, I don't think that I can stand here, I don't, and I really don't want to, stand here and explain the how to you. I, I'm not going to explain the how does this life, because the fact of the matter is, and you can hate me for this later, I don't care, the fact of the matter is if we focus on the how... What we're doing is we're going into a relationship or we're viewing a relationship in, in the sense of how it would benefit me. If I went into my relationship with my wife before we got married and before she came to her senses and thought that I was just awesome, since then she knows I'm not. But if, if I went into the, this marriage or she went in with me and she was thinking like, Ooh, when I marry him, she may have been thinking this though. Ooh, when I marry him, this is going to happen. My life's going to be fulfilled, and this is going to be satisfied here. And this, well, if she would have went into that, or even if I would have went into that relationship, or if any of you, if any of you go into a relationship focusing on the how, what you're going to end up doing. And this is a relationship, a marriage relationship. This is a friend relationship. It could be a lot of different things. A relationship that's focused on the how, what's going to happen is you're going to end up being unfulfilled and you're going to eventually be empty. Even, and some of you be like, well, you, this doesn't make sense, Lee. Even if that relationship you're going into is with God. Because I'll tell you this, if you enter into a relationship with God with the intent of how He's going to change my life, how he's going to make it better, you're missing the purpose of the relationship. The relationship is about the who, not the how. So what we have to understand is if we're going to go into a relationship and like, how's this going to benefit me? You're going to end up manipulating people. You're going to end up abusing people. You're going to end up alone because you're self-centered. It's me, 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 me. If we enter our relationship with God that way, what's going to happen is when that day comes and you don't think it's going how you think it should go, you're going to say, deuces, I'm out. And you're going to break off the relationship. But understand, God doesn't want that, the relationship for how He can bless you. Will God bless you? I'm, a, I'm a, a huge proponent that God blesses His children. Huge proponent of that. But it's when we focus on the who... That the how happens. The how is the transformed life. 
But unless we understand the who, and I'm going to go to the next extent here, is the what. Because that's where I think is what today is all about, is the what. The what is he rose from the dead. So if we, if we look at how um, th- th- this affects us, we can see, okay, yes, there is an effect that, this, that takes place, but it's not because we're focusing on the how. It's because we're going to focus on the who through the what. Does that make sense? Think, think about this. Just think about some relationships in which you've been engaged in in your life. Past, present. We can't say future because you haven't been there yet, right? Unless you got the DeLorean, the flux capacitor, right? Some of you are like the, the your kids are like, like what? What are they talking about? Shan's explaining it to your boys later. They've watched it. Why does that not surprise me? So, and, and anywho, so the, the the relationships in which we're, we're we have been in, or maybe we're even in now. If our focus is on how this is going to benefit me, I'm not going to tell you to run. I'm going to tell you to you need to shift your focus. If your focus with God right now is how he's going to benefit me, because that's a, lot of, a lot of times people come to God because your life is in shambles and you want God to fix it. Can God fix it? Yes! A hundred percent. Yes, God can fix it. But if you're, if you're going into this relationship with the, the purpose, like, I want him to fix it, what's, let me ask you this, what's going to happen when he fixes it? Again, deuces, I'm out, I got what I want. The fact of the matter is that God doesn't want to, 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 to be about the how. He wants to be about the who. Just like we need to be about the who. If we're going to understand the who, we look at the what. Look at, at Luke chapter 24. <clears throat> Luke 24, the, the passage that, that uh, Chuckles read there for us. It says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking spices that they prepared. And the, the, the they here is Mary and the other women there. Said that they found that the stone was rolled away. And I would highly recommend, read the different accounts of the resurrection story. It's in each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you don't know exactly where it's at, well, there, it's towards the end. So just, just read these accounts because there was a great earthquake. It's, I think it says in, uh, in Matthew. But it says here that they got there, the stone was rolled away, and they go inside. They were kind of perplexed about all this. And it said that, the, that two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, probably angels or appearance of that. But it says here that the, these men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but, he, or but has risen. And, and I love the, the, this thought here. Because as we're talking about this, like how does a man who died 2,000 years ago, how does his death affect me today? It's not the death that affects you. It's the resurrection that affects you. Because like it or not, everyone will face a day in which they are going to look death directly in the face. And what we can do, and the hope, like, like what, what, what uh, um, Kurt was saying, was that the hope in which we have is when we look death in the face, we can, I don't want to say we laugh, because I, I, I mean, death can be a, a, a very painful time for, 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 for people, and, you know, but we can look death and we can know that that's not the end. Because Jesus says that, you know what? 
I'm, I'm coming back. He says, and I love in, in Revelation 22, it says that I'm the Alpha and the, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He says, I'm coming. I'm coming to get you. Well, what, what does that mean, he's coming to get you? In, in, in John chapter uh, 14, it, he says, let our hearts not be troubled. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. He says, I'm going to a place. My father's house that I'm going to, this place in which I'm going, there's many rooms. And, and, and uh, the, the King James says, there's many mansions. And if I go to prepare a place for you, guess what? I'm coming back to get you. And then he goes on to say these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father. No one gets through the front door of the mansion except through me. So when we, when we say that, is, though that's narrow-mindedness, no, no, here's the deal. The invitation's open to all. And the, the invitation being open to all, there's still one way. There's one way, and it's through Jesus. And he, he says that. He says, I am the way. And then he says, come. And, and guess what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back and get those who have fallen asleep. I'm going to come back and I'm going to take them, the, the, those who are, that are my children, I'm going to take them with me to be with me forever. So when we look at the empty tomb, just like Paul says in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 6, because Christ is risen from the dead, we know that we also, because we believe in Him, because we understand. Now, now here, let, let, let's look at this because I think some people don't understand. How did Jesus die for me when I wasn't even born, so here's, and I don't want to go too deep in this, because we're, I think we're going to do this a, a study on Hebrews in the, in the future. But we're going to, I figured you'd say that. <laughs> but what we have to understand is we have a great high priest. Now, a great high priest that has went and offered once sacrifice for all. Why can he offer once sacrifice for all and appeasing the, the wrath of God? Because he himself had no sin. If we look at the, 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 uh, how the, the, the Bible was unfolded to us and understand that the Old Testament sacrificial system was about covering over sin, the atonement for sin, what we have to understand is when the high priest, the, the, the Jewish high priest, when they would go in, they had to atone for their sin and then go in atone for the sin of all the people. But they had to do it year after year after year. Because why? Because they kept on sinning. Christ was without sin, so He can, with His body, with His person, He can lay it down as a sacrifice for you and for me because He had no sin. So what He can do is He can take, and it's called, big word, you love it though, penal substitutionary atonement. He can stand in our place, and our sin is put upon Him. And He suffers a penalty for that sin so that we don't have to. That's what it means when Christ died on the cross for our sins. The, the Bible says that, that, that God made Him um, who knew no sin to become sin, so that in Him we might be the righteousness of God. We might receive the righteousness of God. Understand, there, there's a, a judicial transaction that takes place here. So when we're like, well, how does, how does this, this, this empty tomb affect my life? It affects everything because if our perspective of who Christ is, the Son of God, and Him conquering death, our perspective for life is no matter how bad it gets here, you know what? I have a, a life that's going to be waiting for me one day. 
Does that mean this is real here? Absolutely. But it helps us, I, I believe this, it helps us deal with the crap of today. When it gets nasty, dirty, and we're in the muck and the mire, we can, under, we can better deal with whatever it is, knowing, one, we're not alone. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Right? We, we can understand that, but we can also know this isn't going to last forever. So when we, we look at this, this importance of this, this life for today, and we understand it, that, that Jesus says, I'm coming back. This is not pie in the sky. This is not some crazy bald guy saying, like, you got to believe what I believe. No, 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 no. Don't believe what I believe. Believe what the Bible tells us. Believe what Jesus said. He says he's coming back. And he says he's prepared a place for you. He's prepared a place for those who are going to say, you are Lord. I, there's nothing I can do to get to heaven. But you know what? There's everything that you've already done. So I'm putting my trust in you. So, as the Bible also tells us, that everyone's going to stand judgment, have to give account for everything in which they've done. So that when we do stand judgment, we can say, you know what? I'm with him. Well, why are you with him? Because he said so. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How does that not change our life today? If that doesn't affect our life today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this, and, and again, throw rocks later. If that doesn't affect your life today, you have to ask yourself, is it just something I believe in my head, or do I believe this in my heart? Because if the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ doesn't penetrate your heart, and it's, you may know it in your head, but if it doesn't penetrate your heart, of course you're not going to have an effect. It's just going to be any other knowledge in which you have. The knowledge in which God gives us is not, and I'm not talking this elitism, like you have to have a special knowledge. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it's a heart knowledge. That it's not just a, I know it here. It's like, I know it here. And no one can take that away from me. So when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes unto the Father but by me, some people are like, well, I don't like that. I think that there's multiple ways to God. Okay. I am not going to go that argument with you. I'm going I'm to read one quote to you, and then we'll, we'll be done. One, a, a great pastor theologian said this, If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that He said. If He didn't rise from the dead then why worry about any of it at all? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like His teaching, but whether or not He rose from the dead. There are a lot of things that I, I've encountered that I don't like what Jesus says about this matter or that matter. Or there's things that He says like, I've got to change. You know what, that, that's difficult. It's not the fact that I get to pick and choose to agree, disagree, like, not like. Here's the deal. You start with the resurrection, and if He rose from the dead, if Jesus rose from the dead, then guess what? Everything in which He said has authority in which you cannot imagine. 
So instead of trying to wrestle with, do I need to listen to this? Do I need to do this? Does my life be... let, let, Let's go. Let, let, let's, let's focus on the what. Focus on, did he rise from the dead? Get that straight in your head. Because if you go straight to the how, how is this going to affect you? You're going to get jacked up. Go straight to, to, to the what. No. To the what. Go straight to the what. The what determines the who, right? Only Jesus can rise from the dead. Go straight to the what. Because it says if Jesus did not rise from the dead, our, our faith is in vain. Go straight to the what. Let the what determine the way in which you look at the who. Because some people look at Jesus with the Brad Pitt, you know, flowy hair and little tweety birds. That's, that's a problem because you're not starting with the resurrection then. Start with the resurrection to know, understand the who. And I will, I, I will stress this. The more we know the who because of the what, the how is going to blow your mind. Guarantee. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, today. God, and, and even in, in these moments where it, it can, and just like we just encountered, it, it can seem like, well, it's a little confusing, like we need to focus on Jesus. Yet, I am not saying that we don't focus on Jesus. But we have to focus on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because without that, we don't have anything. Jesus is just a, 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 a good teacher. He, he's just a good man, a good enlightened, uh, enlightened man. But without the resurrection, that's all He is. But with the resurrection, He's a conqueror of Satan, sin, and death. He is our Savior, then and only then. So Father, I ask as we just kind of wrestle with these ideas and these thoughts and these truths, then we could do it honestly. We can, we can focus on, on, on really what is this day all about. And Lord, we can, we can step back and we can rest well in the truth that the tomb is empty. And God, that it does change our lives. So Father, as we, um, as we think about that, God, as we continue to, to this, with this reflection Lord, my prayer is that, that, that those of us, all of us, that, that you know, guests or family or whatever that are here today, that we all just like lay everything aside and just, just, just ask that question, like, is it more of a head knowledge or is this a heart knowledge? And God, if there's someone here that, that doesn't have that, that heart knowledge, I'm not going to say, hey, make, it, make them have this knowledge. No, just stir up inside of them the immensity of your love because that's ex is essentially what we are seeing here is the outpouring of your love so father we thank you for what you're doing god what you've done what you will do lord we pray this all in jesus beautiful name amen